Ah, you've landed on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live podcast with your host, Mark Poulos. What do you say we get into some weird stuff? Flapjacks and tits! Alright, people. We are back after a uh, three-month uh, hiatus. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, but I had a baby, so had to take a little time off. Uh, and we're also getting our basement uh, remodeled. So the room where I would new- usually do my uh, podcast is uh, is full of shit right now. So took a little uh, took a little doing, but uh, I have figured out how to mobilize my podcast. And, uh, uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, so today's show, uh, I thought it would be good to, uh, cause I talked about in the first couple episodes that I wanted this podcast to really be an extension of my comedy act, you know, maybe give some insights into, uh, uh, how the jokes came to be in my, uh, my comedy show and, uh, uh, maybe some stories from the road and interesting stuff. So today I'm going to tackle a, uh, a pretty big issue for, uh, a long time in my career. Uh, I was known for being the single mom comic cause I had a huge bit in my show that would last, I think about 10 or 15 minutes long. It's been cut down quite a bit, and actually sometimes I don't even do it on stage anymore because I don't really sell the merchandise anymore, but uh, uh, basically it was all about uh, meeting and dating single moms. Um, I even coined a a phrase for them called SMILF, which stands for single mom I'd like to fuck as opposed to MILF, and uh, so it all started about 12 years ago it was about one of my first road gigs ever I worked uh, a hotel up in Bemidji, Minnesota it was called the Northern Inn and uh, on the weekends they would do comedy in the bar and they would change the name of the bar to the Northern Improv I-N-N-Prov it's very clever and there was a guy named Les that ran the club up there who was out of his mind. <laughs> um, yeah, there was one time I went up there. It was me, Mitch Hansen, and Mike Perell. And uh, we just thought it was hilarious that uh, it was Mark, Mitch, and Matt. So it was three M's, and we called it, uh, we called ourselves the Hat Trick. So all night we kept saying Hat Trick, and then we would do uh, Jaeger Bombs, which I think had just kind of come into the view and then they uh still to this day delicious um and uh, we got so drunk we uh broke in on a uh, prom that was going on in the convention center right next to the uh comedy club and it was pretty funny uh but going back to the uh the origin stories of the single mom so that night i think it was um the saturday show there was a uh, young lady that was at the show, uh, just a itty bitty thing, probably like five foot one, 
And uh, she came up to me after the show, and she obviously had had some drinks, and she said, uh, she said, hi, uh, my name is Judy, and uh, I have just uh, told my friends to go home because uh, uh, we're going to have sex tonight, which, being a young comic at the time, God, I was like 22, uh, never a bad thing to hear, <laughs> you know? She uh, she was pretty straightforward, and uh, so we we had a couple more drinks, and ended back up in my hotel room, and uh, had some uh, some sexist sex stuff, if you know what I mean. And uh, then I drove her home, and uh, I kind of thought at that point that uh, that was going to be the end of it, but. Uh, as I started to realize, as I toured the road as a comedian, uh, I had a little bit of a weird thing that went on in my personality, where, like, a lot of comedians out there, they can, you know, just hump a chick in every town, and just don't look back, and, you know, meet one the first night, hump a different one the next night, like, it just wasn't my M.O., like, anytime. Uh, I would have sex with somebody, I'd form like a connection with them that, you know, you know, first of all, I'd have to, you know, make sure that they were okay, and it just got weird, so, you know, 13 years on the road, you know, been married for a year, been with my wife for almost six, before that, you know, maybe like four or five women, I slept with after shows. It was a very small amount because anytime I slept with somebody after a show, I ended up forming a relationship with them. So after we slept together, um, we'd keep in contact through email and phone and stuff. And uh, Bemidji being only, you know, maybe three and a half hours from Minneapolis where I lived, anytime that I was going north or anywhere near there I would stop in to see her and we had uh you know a lot of good times uh we were together for I'd say maybe about six months and uh she actually is uh the basis for like god I think six to fourteen jokes I used to tell in my act just because she was such an oddball <laughs> and uh you know just it was just that time where I was just writing new stuff and so much strange stuff happened between us. She was the basis of the weird vagina joke I tell in my act because apparently she was born with uh, uh, a pelvic bone that was three inches longer than it should be. So when she would lay on her back and you kind of looked up her vagina hole, it would look like it was closed. So like she could only have sex in like a very specific way. And, uh, that was always kind of odd to me, but, you know, being a single mom, she had like the most amazing snacks. Like we'd be hanging out at her house and she'd have the Teddy Grahams and the fruit roll-ups and the corn pops and the push pops and the, you know, applesauce and the, the jello, it just fucking easy Mac and, and chicken nuggets, just like anything you could imagine and that's that was the first time that i realized like you know because the thing about single moms is and a lot of people don't think about is like 
you know, they're taking care of a kid by themselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And now that I, that I have a kid and, uh, me and my wife are switching off, even switching off is a tough, tough thing, man. I mean, it's rough. You know, sometimes you don't get a lot of sleep and I'm gone a lot. So when I'm home, I'm on shift I have like three or four days in a row where I'm taking the night shift and sometimes she gets fussy and doesn't sleep and I can't imagine what it's like being the only parent having to take care of the kids. So, you know, it's tough. So they don't have a lot of free time. So, you know, when somebody uh, watches that kid, you know, babysits it and they get to go out, man, they just cut loose, you know, they're wanting to experience everything and in that one night you know so it's just like they're having the drinks and the dancing and you know they want to meet a guy and maybe have some sex and you know just experience everything in one night and then you realize when you go back to their place that their kitchens are just fat man dreams you know just anything you could imagine it's like it's like the fucking candy aisle at Walmart in their house, you know, unless you end up with one of those health nuts, which I had one of that one time. I was opening up all our cabinets and there just wasn't anything in there. So I just like, it was the first time I ever broke up with a girl over her snacks. And, uh, that's a completely true story. Um, the way things shook out with Judy was, uh, you know, I just, I started doing a lot of tours and I wasn't really in her area a lot. So, I didn't see her for maybe like four or five months and she called me on the phone and she was pretty upset and she was hysterical and said that uh, she got drunk and had sex with some other guy and uh, it didn't really hit me that hard because even though we were like hanging out together every once in a while, I didn't really feel like we were a couple. So when she told me that she cheated on me, I was just like, is that even a thing? Like, I, I really didn't feel anything. I, I was just like, I was like, I don't know if we're together. Is that really cheating? You know, we hang out every once in a while, every month or two, you know? And, uh, of course she got upset at that because she thought that we were like boyfriend and girlfriend, which I get, I don't know, man, everybody's classifying things. You know, we were together for four months and I saw her maybe six times in that four months. Does that mean we're boyfriend and girlfriend? Probably not. But so anyways, uh, then I didn't talk to her for another six months. And then I got another late night phone call where she was hysterical. Cause it turns out that, um, uh, the dude that banged her, uh, didn't wear protection and she was now going to have another child. And, uh, she uh, was asking me if I would like to come and marry her and raise the child. Well, I don't think she said married, but uh, <clears throat> she was trying to convince me to get back into her life to help her out with this uh, second illegitimate child, and I, of course, declined, and uh, that was pretty much the end of it with her, and uh, kind of a funny epilogue, um, I was doing... Uh, the House of Comedy in Minneapolis last year, and uh, me and my wife had just gotten engaged, and uh, it just so happened that uh, uh, 
Judy was following me on Facebook a lot and saw that I was going to be there, and then she asked if it would be okay if her and a group of her girlfriends came to the comedy show to to see me do comedy. I said, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, you know, fine, whatever. I'll leave a couple free tickets at the thing. So she ends up showing up by herself, and uh, I didn't realize that. I thought she was meeting a group in there, so we were just kind of chatting at the bar, and uh, I introduced her to my my fiance at the time, and uh, she was like, "Oh, let me see the ring." So my wife showed her the ring, and uh, for whatever reason, she licked it. And uh, you just can't make a story like that up. She licked my wife's engagement ring, and uh, that's when I realized that uh, she might not be all there. Which you know. 12 years ago when I was 23, you know, you just don't see that kind of stuff because you're getting a regular vagina, as they say. You deal with a lot of... Guys know, you're out there. You understand. You deal with a lot of stuff uh, to get to the vagina sometimes, you know. You end up in trailer parks in the middle of cornfields, you know, feeding a dog just so you can get the... <coughs> so anyways, she uh she was the first first single mom and she was uh she was responsible for about six different jokes. I wrote a joke because her name was Judy and my mom's name is Judy, so of course I wrote the joke. It's kinda weird to have sex with a woman that has the same name as your mom because she screams out, Say my name and I'm like Nope. You're hey you for the rest of this. That was the joke. You like that hey you? And then she was a precipice for the uh, weird vagina joke. Pretty much all the single mom jokes that I wrote were based on her. Um, Weird doesn't equal good. That one came from her too. Like a lot of jokes. So, uh... What happened after that was kind of funny because after I dated her uh, and I wrote all this material about single moms and smilfs and everything and I started doing all these bits on stage, uh, I met up with a guy who did t-shirts and, uh, you know, he was like, it'd be funny if you sold a shirt that said, you know, like, I love smilfs. And uh, so we mocked that up. So now, uh like a year or two after I dated her, I was touring and I was doing all these single mom jokes on stage and uh, selling the single mom shirt after the show. And it was just like, you know, every third or fourth road gig I did, there was some single mom just like hugging up on me, asking uh, if uh, we wanted to uh, get it on, as it were. But I was... uh, I was kind of leery about anything on the road, you know. You never know who's telling the truth. You never know where you're going to end up. I so many odd stories from the road, which uh, uh, I said before. I'm writing a trying to finish writing a book right now of all the strange things that have happened to me on the road. But so the second single mom that I ended up dating for a little while, I met in. Uh, Brainerd, Minnesota, which is just a little bit south of Bemidji. They used to do a show there in the basement of an old strip club, which was nice because it always smelled like uh, 
stripper perfume and sweaty vagina down there as you're trying to do comedy. And they left the stripper pole on stage because why wouldn't you, you know? So I met her after a show, and she was uh, in the midst of a divorce or still married. I don't even remember. But uh, when we ended up hooking up months later, she had, had uh, gone through the process of divorce, or at least that's what she said. Who knows? You don't really check that stuff out when uh, somebody's taking their pants off. But uh, she uh, she was an interesting one. She She had three kids. And, uh, I saw her probably even less than I saw Judy. Um, but we were, I guess, together as it were for maybe about eight months. I think in that eight months I saw her maybe like three or four times, but, uh, she latched onto me pretty hard. And I think it might've had something to do with the fact that she was, you know, going through that divorce and being by herself and having to take care of like three kids. I think she was just happy knowing that there was somebody out there that uh would be there to support her or whatever i don't know i just <clears throat> it was a little too much for me too fast and uh so that didn't last too too long but she she also had amazing snacks um and uh i was trying to think if i based any jokes on her but i don't think so we weren't really together that long and uh and that was another fun one. I don't know what it was, but it was just like uh, all these single moms that I quote unquote was dating. I don't know if you even call it that. Um, they'd always like get uh, uh, you know get a conscience about hanging out or sleeping with another guy while I was gone, and then they would call me to confess as if I was gonna like you know get pissed off and be like well i'm coming back there and i'm gonna live in your town and we're gonna date so i can watch you so you don't hump any other dudes it was just like you know i never really thought i was in a relationship with any of these women but uh so she called me up uh, i was supposed to uh to to spend the weekend with her and uh i got the opportunity to to do a comedy club in toledo which you never want to pass up a time to go to Toledo, but I kind of needed the money at the time, so I took the week, not knowing how much it was going to piss her off, but uh, she called me on the phone, and she was like, hey, you know, you're supposed to come hang out with me this weekend, but you didn't, so uh, I went and humped this other dude, and I was like, oh, well, that sounds nice. Thanks for the call, you know, so that was over, and, uh, and the last single mom that I dated... Um, God, it was such an odd relationship, if you even call it that. So I was doing uh, the Funny Bone in Des Moines, and uh, it was Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, I met her um, the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, we kind of hit it off, so we exchanged phone numbers. I stopped by her house during the day on Thanksgiving, and we watched the football game together, and it was all, you know, really nice. And uh, so I went to do the show that night, and uh, at that time when I was doing comedy, I would always leave my phone at the hotel because I just didn't want to deal with it in my pockets on stage, so I would just leave it. And uh, at the time, nobody was really calling me, or I don't think text was even that big back then. 
So I just leave it there. And I went and did uh, the two shows Friday, and I got back to my hotel room. It was about, uh, I don't know, I'd say maybe like one in the morning. And uh, she, uh, um, I think text just started because she did text me. She sent me a text, and she said, uh, um, she goes, if you want to come over, feel free to come over. Um, I may not be awake, but if I'm not awake, just uh, come on into the house and uh, wake me up and, uh, you know, we'll get it on. So I was just like staring at my phone and I'm just like, am I going to do this? You know, am I going to drive over to a strange woman's house in the middle of the night? I just thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I'll get in the car and I'll drive over there. And if the porch light is on, then I'll reevaluate. So I got there, the porch light was on. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up to the door. If the front door is unlocked, then I'll go into the house. So I went up to the front door. The front door was unlocked. And I was like, okay, if I open the door and there's any lights on left in the house, then I'll go in. But if it's all dark, I'm leaving. So I opened the door and the light's on at the top of the stairs. So I was like, okay. I'll go up to the top of the stairs. If her bedroom door is open, then I'll go in there. But if it's closed, I'm out of here. So I went up to the top of the stairs, and the bedroom door was open. And she was laying in bed with all the lights on in her bedroom, just passed out. So I was just like, well, I guess we're doing this. So I just, you know, went in there and did my thing. And then, uh... I'd say for probably two or three months, anytime I was driving through Des Moines, we would always make plans to go someplace and eat lunch. That was always the plan was, you know, she always made a big deal like, you know, I don't want this to just be about sex, you know, like uh, I want to, you know, cultivate a relationship here. And I was just like, you know, at the time, not even in my head starting relationships, I was just like so amazed that you know, two or three years into comedy that jokes could get me laid. Because, you know, the truth is, you know, I was pretty much a virgin until I was like 22. So I have much experience with the ladies. A little bit in college, not that much at all. Uh, It was really, you know, I didn't really get that much attention from the ladies until I started doing stand-up comedy, which is just so odd to me. But I guess, you know, when you break it down, you know, the whole power thing of somebody being in front of a room full of people and commanding it and then being funny, which I guess ladies always say they like a guy who's funny. So, um, so I was just enamored with that. So I know I was really thinking about relationships or anything, but it was almost like clockwork. Like every time I'd show up at her house to pick her up for lunch and, and, uh, we just end up doing it and I just leave and she'd have to go back to work. It was, it was, you know, it was like kind of erotic, you know, it was like she worked at like a business office. So I'd like show up at her house and she'd be wearing like, you know, pantsuits and work boots and stuff. And, you know, we just go inside and do it and then she'd get dressed and go back to work. So, but you know, you can't really sustain that. Um, 
so she uh she actually ended up meeting her high school sweetheart and ended up marrying him which was kind of crazy and that happened like three times girls i dated they ended up meeting their high school sweethearts and getting married which was kind of strange um so then the uh the fourth and uh final single mom that i dated um that one was just you know it was really quick she lived out in montana and i saw her like three times and i keep throwing around the word date it's just like i was acquaintances with certain girls vaginas for a while i think is what we should say but yeah that uh it was just so funny how how just like a small idea like that uh you know dating a single mom you know and and her having really good snacks to keep uh keep the fat man interested you know it just became such a huge thing in my comedy career like it it dominated my my comedy shows from I'd say about two years in, God, until about seven years in, maybe. I mean, it was a huge part. And it was always, like, an easy way to to start a conversation with a girl after the show. You know, she'd come up and buy a single mom shirt and tell me that she was a single mom and she had the good snacks, wink, wink, you know. And, you know, sometimes it'd just be a couple drinks and a nice chat, or sometimes, you know, you end up having some uh, some sexy stuff. But uh, you never could tell, but it was always interesting how that was... You know, I think it was maybe, like, a sense of them feeling like somebody got them, you know? Like, understood what they were going through, and that single moms are amazing people, and, and they really are, man. They're just... Uh, uh, it's just amazing what, what they have to go through to raise kids and stuff. I having a daughter of my own right now and, and having my wife there to help me, it's like, it's, it's a huge help. So, but sadly I've, uh, I don't know, sadly, but, <laughs> uh, I've moved on from that part, uh, of my act and, uh, kind of started writing the, having a baby jokes and being married i'm gonna try to keep them fresh and new and not fall into that whole uh uh older comedian cycle where it's just all about oh my wife told me to go to home depot today and i couldn't find anything in that place it's so big <laughs> you know none of that shit i'm gonna still be talking about weird vaginas and eye herpes and flapjacks and tits and it's just uh such an an odd road but uh yeah i'll uh dedicate this podcast to uh all the amazing smilfs out there they uh they do amazing things and uh they have amazing snacks and uh if you're ever with a single mom treat them with respect and understand uh how tough their life is compared to yours and uh as Cuban Gooding Jr. always said, make sure you don't shoplift the pootie. So, this has been a uh, another Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I uh, 
I'm excited that I'm mobile now, so I can do uh, more of these and get them out there. You know, I was excited about the first four episodes I did. I think they came out really well, and uh, I mean, it just blew my mind when I went on my podcast site and saw that like six, seven hundred people had visited it. It's just crazy. But uh, yeah, who knows where uh, where my mind will take me in my next episode, but. Uh, make sure you tune in to uh to find out so i appreciate you uh downloading this episode and uh listen to me ramble on about smilfs and snacks and punene and uh yeah if you ever want to uh find more of my stuff online just remember large drunk man that'll get you to my website my facebook my twitter and uh i believe this podcast is under large drunk man if it's not it's under unbridled enthusiasm and you can find it on uh, podbean.com so i'm mark pulos this is unbridled enthusiasm podcast tune in next time when we talk about who the hell knows